0: Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 11th of October. India's coronavirus caseload crossed the 70 lakh or 7 million mark today. A little over 74,000 new infections were reported. The death toll has crossed eight thousand with 918 fresh fatalities. India is expected to become the pandemic's worst-hit country in the coming few weeks, surpassing the US, where more than 7.7 million infections have been reported so far. Kerala, which has been recording the fastest rate of increase in infections in a week, for the first time reported its biggest one-day rise of over 11,700 new cases. This is more than Maharashtra that has had the highest numbers throughout. Kerala's total cases are now close to 2,78,000. The death toll stands at 978. Hyderabad based firm Bharat Biotech, which had sought permission from the Drugs Controller General of India to conduct Phase 3 clinical trials of its COVID vaccine candidate, has been asked to submit complete safety and immunogenicity data of the ongoing Phase 2 trial before starting the third one. Currently, in India, two vaccines are in Phase 2 trials and one by Oxford is in Phase 3. The Union Health Ministry has said that it was expecting supplies of vaccines to be available from January next year. Many states, including Delhi, Karnataka and Chhattisgarh, have decided against opening schools, and others like Haryana and Meghalaya are still assessing the situation in view of the ongoing pandemic. The central government, however, has already given a green signal to the reopening of schools from October 15th onwards. Maharashtra School Education Minister Varsha Gaikwar has said that schools will not reopen in the state before Diwali. The Gujarat government too is likely to consider reopening schools only after Diwali. The Karnataka government has said that it is in no rush to reopen schools and will only decide after taking all factors in. Delhi government too has decided to keep schools closed till October thirty-first. following which it will review the situation. The Uttar Pradesh government, though, has announced that schools outside containment zones will reopen from October 19th for students of class 9 to 12. The Chief Minister of Andhra Pradesh, Jagan Mohan Reddy, has written to the Chief Justice of India, S.A. Bobde, in an extremely rare move. Reddy, in his letter dated October 6th, has alleged that Supreme Court Judge, Justice N.V. Ramana, has been influencing the sittings of the state high court, including the roster of some judges. The Chief Minister also alleged that cases important to the opposition, Telugu Desam Party, were being allocated to a few judges. The eight-page letter refers to Justice Ramana's alleged proximity to TDP leader and former Chief Minister N. Chandrababu Naidu. He also brought up an anti-corruption bureau investigation into questionable transactions of land involving two daughters of Justice Ramana and others in Amravati before it was declared as the site for the state's new capital. The letter states that ever since the YSR Congress Party gained power in May 2019 and ordered an inquiry into all the deals made by the Babu Naidu government from June 2014 to May 2019, Justice N.V. Ramana started influencing the course of administration of justice in the state. Chief Minister Reddy also alleged that investigations into the land dealings by former state advocate General Damalapati Srinivas was stayed by the High Court even though an FIR was registered against him by the Anti-Corruption Bureau. On September 15, the High Court restrained the media from reporting details of the FIR filed by the Anti-Corruption Bureau against the former Advocate General regarding the land purchase in Amravati. Reddy urged the Chief Justice of India to consider initiating such steps as may be considered fit and proper to ensure that the state judiciary's neutrality is maintained. Rajeshwari Saravana Kumar, a Dalit woman and Panchayat president in Tamil Nadu's Kadalore, was humiliated by the Panchayat vice president who did not allow her to sit on a chair at meetings or hoist the national flag. Alleging that she had been a victim of caste discrimination ever since she was elected as the president in January, Sarana Kumar said that Mohan Raj and three other ward members did not allow her to function independently. She said, and I quote, I was not allowed to hoist the national flag during Republic Day in January. The Panchayat vice president said his father would hoist the flag instead. He and three other ward members, all caste Hindus, insulted me and forced me and the other Dalit ward member, Suganti to sit on the floor at meetings while the rest sat on chairs. She said that the panchayat meetings were convened only by the vice-president, who maintained that since she was a woman and she knew nothing, she should remain quiet. She said Mohanraj had dared her to lodge a complaint with any authority including the collector. Kumar said she had been bearing with the insult and disrespect in the larger interest of serving the people but she was quoted as saying the situation has now reached a point where continued silence would only strengthen their attitude and hence I have decided to speak out. A senior official said that caste-based discrimination had been prevailing in the panchayat for some time but he rejected her charge that she was not allowed to hoist the national flag on Republic Day. The Bhuvangiri police, however, on Saturday arrested Sindhuja, Secretary of the Panchayat, in relation to Kumar's complaint. The police also arrested Sugumar, a caste Hindu and a ward member. The Superintendent of Police, M. Sri Abhinav, said that Sugumar was arrested after an inquiry. The SP said that Sugumar had also threatened Kumar at the Panchayat meetings. A case has been booked against Sindhuja and the Panchayat Vice President, Mohan Raj, under the SCST Prevention of Atrocities Act. The Central Bureau of Investigation, or CBI, on Saturday took over the inquiry into the gang rape and murder of the 19-year-old Dalit woman by four upper-caste Thakur men in Hathras Hatras district of Uttar Pradesh. The case, which is so far being handled by a special investigation team of the Uttar Pradesh police, has sparked nationwide anger and protests. Officials said that the central government has issued a notification and teams will be sent to the crime scene along with forensic experts immediately after the registration of an FIR. Reports said that the case is likely to be handed over to the Ghaziabad unit of the agency. On October 3, Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath had recommended a CBI inquiry after protests began across the country. The state government had also requested the Supreme Court to direct a CBI investigation not only into the gang rape, but also into the case relating to an alleged criminal conspiracy to spread caste conflict by sections of media and political parties. The state police have also filed 19 FIRs in Hathras against unidentified people for allegedly attempting to incite caste-based conflict. The same state government had justified the forced cremation of the victim without the presence of family members in an affidavit filed before the Supreme Court. It had claimed that it was done to avoid large-scale violence. Chief Minister Adityanath, meanwhile, who is a member of the upper caste Thakur community himself, has accused the opposition of dividing the society along caste and community lines. He claimed yesterday that the opposition's intentions were dangerous. He said, talking of the opposition, and I quote, division is in their DNA. It was due to this thought process that they first divided the country and are now attempting to divide the society on the basis of caste, community and region. Unquote. He also said that the opposition has throttled democracy and the constitution. Meanwhile, Tara Devi, a woman Congress Party member, was thrashed by other members of her party in Deoria district of Uttar Pradesh, when she protested against naming Mukund Bhaskar as a candidate for the seat which was left vacant after the death of BJP MLA Janmejay Singh. Devi alleged that Mukund Bhaskar was a rapist. Speaking to ANI, she said, and I quote, On one hand, our party leaders are fighting for justice for the Hathras woman, and on the other hand, party ticket is being given to a rapist. It is a wrong decision. It will malign the image of our party. Unquote. The Uttar Pradesh Congress has suspended two workers from the party and set up a committee to look into the incident. The committee has been asked to submit a report in three days. Do listen to the latest episode of Reporters Without Orders where I was joined by News Laundry reporters Nidhiyan Ayush and Damini Ken, a student activist and academic researcher on issues related to caste and gender who also happens to hail from Western Uttar Pradesh. We spoke about Hathras, caste dynamics in rural and urban India. Damani explained how we shouldn't reduce the discussion on casteism just to atrocities against Dalits, but also focus on how caste functions on a day-to-day basis. Nidhi, who has been reporting on the Hathras story from the very beginning, pointed out the loopholes in UP police's claim of no rape. You'll find the podcast on our website, newslaundry.com. Maharashtra Chief Minister Uddhav Thakre said today that 800 acres of RA forest has been declared a reserve forest. He also said that the construction of the controversial car shed for a metro rail project in the area would be shifted to Kanjur Mag. Noting that the government already owned land in the area, he said there will be no escalation in costs. The Chief Minister also directed the withdrawal of all police cases filed against RA protesters, a move that was announced in December last year as well. The cases relate to those filed against people who tried to stop the authorities from cutting down trees. Environment Minister Aditya Thakre, who campaigned to save trees, last month said that protesters had fought for the future of the planet and that the rights of Adivasi communities that call RA home would be protected. The proposed metro car shed in RA had led to a huge controversy between environmental activists and the then BJP ruled Maharashtra government in September and October last year. The Devendra Fadnavis-led government had wanted to cut down 2,700 trees to build the shed. And now for some international updates. Globally, the coronavirus count has crossed 37 million and the death toll has crossed 1.07 million. In the US, White House doctor Sean Conley said that President Donald Trump took a COVID-19 test on Saturday which showed that he is no longer a transmission risk to others. Conley said in a statement that tests showed that there is no longer evidence of actively replicating virus. The White House, however, had no immediate comment on whether Conley's statement indicated that the president had tested negative for the virus. Before I get to the rest of the news updates, I want to remind you to watch the latest episode of News Laundry Interviews, where my colleague Shub spoke to Max Abrams, who is an author and associate professor of political science and public policy at Northeastern University in the United States. Abrams discussed the impending American presidential election, especially in the context of foreign policy and the influence wielded over it by the news media. Coming back to the news of the day, Brazil, the third worst affected country, meanwhile, has surpassed the grim milestone of 150,000 COVID-19 deaths. The number of new infections in France, which is battling a severe second wave, went over 26,000 in one day for the first time since the beginning of the pandemic. The Health Ministry of Turkey has said that the country will start declaring the number of asymptomatic cases from 15th of October. This comes after the government was criticised on the grounds that its disclosure of only symptomatic cases hit the extent of infections. At the end of July, Turkey changed the wording of its daily report to show the number of patients instead of cases. And on 30th of September, the health minister said that the government was only sharing the number of positive cases with symptoms. Medics and opposition parties have criticised the practice, saying that it was aimed at hiding the real scale of the pandemic and was meant to keep the economy moving. Russia has reported more than 13,600 new cases in the last 24 hours, the worst such figures since the pandemic began. The country, which has a total population of 145 million people, has recorded the fourth highest number of infections in the world since the beginning of the pandemic. Nearly 5,000 refugees in Uganda do not have enough to eat as a result of severe cuts to food aid and COVID-19 restrictions. As the World Food Programme, or WFP, on Friday was announced as the winner of this year's Nobel Peace Prize, the latest analysis showed that more than 91,000 people living in 13 refugee settlements in Uganda are experiencing extreme levels of hunger. According to a report published this week by the Integrated Food Security Phase Classification, more than 400,000 refugees are considered to be at crisis hunger levels and 135,130 children are acutely malnourished and in urgent need of treatment. The report predicted further worsening of the situation if additional cuts to aid are made. Dear listeners, before I sign off, I'd like to remind you that News Laundry needs your support. If you believe in the work that we do as an independent media organisation that steers clear of advertisements in times like these when the ethics of a section of TV news is in question, please do show us your appreciation by subscribing. A monthly subscription costs as low as 300 rupees. Talking of the ever-falling standards of TV journalism in India, you absolutely cannot miss this week's episode of TV Nuisance with Manisha, featuring a hilarious guest appearance by my colleagues Abhinandan Sekri, Meghnath and Aditya. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry.